Welcome back to the Clean Simple Free podcast, a place to discuss how clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when your life is simplified, your mind will feel free. I'm your host, Ashley Alexia Fox, and this is episode two, The Basics. It's a commonly used phrase, but the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu said the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. As with any journey, a minimalist journey starts with small steps. Starting to organize and sift through your clutter can be very overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm going to take you through steps that will make it more possible and achievable. Remember, be realistic about your goals. You're not going to sift through your entire home in a week. You're not going to go through your whole apartment in an afternoon. This is a process, and it's a learned process that you can fine-tune your skills and it becomes easier over time. The first step is to focus on an area in your home that feels possible and achievable. You can start with a junk drawer or a cabinet. You don't have to dive straight into your closet or the most overwhelming, clutter-filled part of your home. That's just going to make you feel overwhelmed. By starting small, you can build up the skills to declutter properly and become more minimal, and then you can tackle the biggest issues later. You can always work at your own pace. These are all just suggestions, but I would recommend starting with a small space. Something I love to do is to turn this chore into a relaxing task. I like to pour myself a drink, whether it's a glass of wine, a mug of coffee, or maybe some herbal tea. Pick your poison. Put some calming music on that relaxes you, or maybe some music you enjoy that'll get you pumped up and in the mood to work. You can light some incense or a scented candle. Make this your ritual. You should own this moment because you're taking steps to improve your life little by little. Be meditative about it. It doesn't have to be daunting if you're viewing it with an open mind and a relaxed environment and you can go through your clutter and realize that you're on your way to simplifying your life. Now that you've set the mood and you're in the proper headspace, there's a little bit of prep work that needs to be done. Go ahead and grab a pen and paper or just use the notes app on your smartphone. That way you can write down a list of anything that you need to purchase or replace. You're also going to want to get four containers, whether they're bags or boxes. Choose whatever type of containers work best for you and those four categories are going to be keep, donate, maybe, and recycle. Even though these four categories might seem pretty self-explanatory, just to clarify, I'm going to go over each of their purposes. The keep box is of course for things that you wanna keep. Maybe something's been misplaced and it needs to be put away elsewhere. Maybe it's just something that you like that needs to be replaced back in that drawer or cabinet. But either way, these are things that you're going to keep. The donate box is items that you're going to take to charity that you no longer love. You might consider keeping a permanent donation box on hand, but that's a tip for a later use. The maybe box is a tool that I've found incredibly useful on my minimalist journey. It's things that you're on the fence about and you're not entirely sure if you wanna get rid of them or let them go just yet, but if you're unsure about them, there's no reason to get rid of them right away, but also you don't need to put them back if you're unsure. You can keep the maybe box filled up and in a couple days or a week's time, you might decide what you actually want to keep and get rid of. Chances are if you've put it in the maybe box, you're considering letting it go anyways and eventually you will. The recycle box can be filled with things that literally need to be recycled in a specific way. 
This can be CDs, old laptops, batteries, things that need to be disposed of in a specific way. It can also contain things in a more innovative way of thinking about it, things that you want to offer friends or family. Sometimes you won't feel as guilty about getting rid of something if you know a friend can use it. If you have an object of home decor that you think, oh my gosh, so-and-so would love this, then it's easier to let it go if you know it has a purpose and a place that it's going to. Now, this is not an excuse to just pawn off your items to friends and family, but if there's a specific item of clothing and you know your friend wears the same size or something that really speaks a name to you that you want to give away, this is a good opportunity to do that. Take everything with a grain of salt. This is your journey, so if you want to add or remove categories, these are just simply templates and suggestions that I use in my personal life that I think might be helpful to some of you. If you're going through by category, if you're going through mugs and cups, for example, make sure there are no glasses left in the bathroom or on bedside tables. Check your sink and your dishwasher and any other cabinets that may hold cups that don't belong there and make sure that you store your items all together. It's a lot easier and makes for a more quick pickup in the future. There's no reason that glasses should be stored all over the place. There's an exception to this, of course, like clothing should be stored in dressers and closets, but if you have a mud rack for shoes when you first walk in the door, that's an exception to the rule. If you have stemware on a bar cart, that's an exception to the rule as well. But make sure you're collecting all of your items and placing them in the room that you're going to be organizing them from. I like to place everything on my living room floor, but make sure that you have all of your items in a certain category collected. So now that you have your supplies set aside, you've got your list, your boxes, and your mood set, it's time to dig in and declutter. Take everything out of the drawer or cabinet that you've chosen to sort through and go through it. These are some questions to ask yourself. You can modify this list and usually it's just a feeling that resonates with you. You'll know if you like something pretty instantly or not. And if you don't yet, you will over time. But this is just a guideline to inspire you to think about your objects and what you actually use and what you need and what you don't. So the first question that you should ask yourself is, do I use this? If it's something you don't use on a regular basis, it should probably be evaluated. The next question is, do I love this? If you don't love something that's in your home, if you have something that you don't use on a regular basis, but it's like a piece of decor, you should love everything that's in your home. If you're just keeping something because it's been there forever and it's part of the woodwork, or someone gave it to you and you feel obligated to keep it, but you don't love it, you should get rid of it. There's more worthy things that you can place in your space. The next question is, is this in good condition? If you have a pair of shoes that really need to be repaired, or a pair of pants that are too long, are you really going to take the time, money, and effort to take them to the tailor? If not, you should get rid of them. If so, you should set yourself a time limit of two weeks or one month or whatever works best for you and have them repaired. Either that or get rid of them. Next, you should ask yourself, would I buy it today? If it's not something that you would purchase from a store today, then why do you have it in your home? 
that's something that can be let go of. Does this project the image I want to present? This could be about clothing, if it reflects the image of who you are, or it could be about a piece of home decor when guests come over. Does that really reflect who you are and your personality that you want to present to the world? Does this have bad energy or associations? Let me elaborate on this one. If you have something that you received from an ex, whether it's a piece of artwork or a piece of clothing, maybe you're reminded of that person every time you put it on. Is that something you really want to keep in your life? Maybe there's a certain article of clothing that you used to wear a lot when you were in a really bad place in your life. Do you really want to keep that item if there are bad vibes associated with it or if it reminds you of a bad time in your life? I'm sure there are many other items that you can replace that item with without feeling bad about it. Is this worth the time it takes to dust, wash, or maintain it? Let's say you have an article of clothing that is dry clean only and you haven't dry cleaned it in a year. Are you really ever going to? Be honest with yourself when you're going through this question list in your head. Is it worth taking up space in my home? I think this one is kind of the pinnacle of all the questions because if something isn't worth the space that it uses, then it's probably something that's just excess clutter. Remember, your space is limited and it should only be filled with things that bring you pleasure and joy. It should only be filled with clothes that make you feel amazing, objects that remind you of happy times, and not be cluttered up with unnecessary objects. You can use the above list and modify it at any time. These are just some guidelines to help you get started. I'm going to talk about a concept called the endowment effect. The endowment effect is a psychological phenomenon where someone assigns more value to an object that they already own. Essentially, people are more likely to keep an object they own than acquire that same item when they don't own it. It's an emotional bias that causes us to overvalue what we own, regardless of what it's actually worth. The endowment effect takes place because of two major psychological factors. These two factors are loss aversion and ownership. As stated by an article about the endowment effect on humanhow.com, Loss aversion is where we feel the pain of loss twice as strongly as we feel pleasure. Ownership is when we fall in love with what we already have, and we prepare to pay more to retain something we already own than we would pay for an item we don't own. It's also shown that we are unwilling to trade something we already own in exchange for something of equal value. So let's break this down a little bit further. So breaking this down into real-world examples that we can use, Let's say that you're walking down the street and you find a $5 bill. Awesome, right? It's your lucky day. Super. And you carry on. But studies show that because of loss aversion, if you lost a $5 bill, ultimately it's not that much money. It's kind of a bummer, but you're going to feel the effects of losing that $5 twice as greatly as you would feel the joy of finding $5. For an example of ownership, if you've ever tried to sell something on eBay, you might realize that you assign a lot more value to the object that you're selling rather than something that you would buy on eBay. You might be browsing and say, oh my god, this seller wants way too much for this, and you might offer them a lower price. 
However, if you were the one selling and someone offered you a lower price for your item, you would think, no, this is my item, I know what it's worth, it has value to me, and I'm not settling for any less. That's an example of ownership. One of the most famous examples of the endowment effect and loss aversion was conducted in 1990 by three different scientific professors. I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of their names, but it was professors Kahneman, Netsch, and Thaler. So during the course of this experiment, some participants were randomly assigned to be given a mug as a gift. At the end of the experiment, the people who owned the mug placed a much higher dollar value on what they would sell the mug for, whereas the other participants put a value of nearly $5 lower on what they would pay to purchase the same mug. Even though group one had only owned the mug for the duration of the experiment, they arbitrarily assigned value to it due to the effects of loss aversion and the endowment effect. This is a really interesting concept to check out. I would suggest reading about it on your own free time if you're interested in this sort of thing because it's just really cool to see how we tick as humans and why we keep certain things and why it's so hard to let go. So by recognizing that this is a human phenomenon, we can see our flaws and realize that the things we own are pretty easily replaceable and only have the value that we assign to it. And with that in mind, that's going to wrap up this episode of Clean Simple Free. I hope you all enjoyed these tips and are able to utilize them and think about your possessions a little bit differently. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give this podcast a five-star rating. Tune in next time and I wish you all a peaceful and productive week.